No my hide my. You're listening to an Eyes Down More Centre podcast. The Eyes Down More Centre is a national centre for hearing and balance research. Here, we present the Fakarongo Mai podcast series, a series where we share Aotearoa's latest Māori hearing and balance research. Kia ora, ko Ngāti Paraute Iwi, ko Alejandra Toku Ingoa, EMC's Māori research coordinator and a kaupapa Māori researcher in the audiology space. I wiki, I have accorded all with James Dawson and Tare Lowe to have a chat about their Masters of Audiology research projects, which delve into Te Reo Māori assessments and audiology across Aotearoa. So, stay tuned and whakarongo mai. Listen with not only your taringa, but also your hinengaro, your wairua, and your ngako. We are joined by Tare Lowe in Ōtautahi and James Dawson in Kaitaia. Kia ora Tare, kia ora James. Thank you for joining me this evening for the Whakarongo Mai podcast. E pēr hia ana kōrua. How are you two? Kia ora Ali. We will have several listeners listening to this particular episode of the podcast. Let's start this podcast off with a brief introduction. Kawai Kwe, who are you? Let's start off with Tari. Um, so Kawai O, um, ko Aoraki te mauna, ko Matau te awa, ko Takitimu te waka, ko Otako te marae, ko Kaitahu te iwi, uh, no Alexandra O, engari. E noho ana ki o tautahi inaene, uh, ko tare toko ingoa, he taura ahau ki te whare wānanga o Waitaha. Uh, so I'm a second year Masters of Audiology student at the University of Canterbury. Um, I hail originally from Otipoti, uh, but I grew up in Central Otago um, and I moved up to o tautahi in 2021. I started last year to return to study and now this is where I call home. Beautiful. Kia James. Kia ora, uh, called James Dawson Toku Ingoa. Um, I'm from the UK originally, been in New Zealand for eight years, and I'm a recent graduate from the Master of Audiology program at the University of Canterbury, and I'm now working as a provisional audiologist in Kaitaia. Do you prefer Aotearoa over the UK? Definitely, yeah. It's oh, good call, good, good call. <laughs> <laughs> right answer. <laughs> For our listeners, there are two audiology programs in Aotearoa, one at the University of Auckland, Waipapatomatoro, and the other at the University of Canterbury. You both chose to go through with the Master of Audiology program in Ōtautahi. What were your reasons behind joining the Master of Audiology program? Uh, why audiology itself? Um, for me, audiology was, I. it was always quite a natural fit I think I um, had chronic middle ear issues as a child um, and into adulthood as well so I had, had a few surgeries was often seen by the ENT team down in Dunedin um, uh, so it's always kind of led to a natural interest in our in our taringa um, and then I watched my father experience a hearing loss um, and saw the impact that that had on our whanau and then seeking hearing health care and how, just how much it changed our ability to communicate. Um, and that really stuck with me when I was looking at coming back and retraining um, into an allied health field. So that kind of guided me into audiology. Mm. Thanks for sharing, Tari. How about you, James? Well, I, I kind of fell into it a little bit. Um, while I was, um, <laughs> I was doing my undergraduate degree in health sciences at Canterbury, um, I actually uh, decided to to do my degree as a mature student and while I was in my second year I was sort of thinking about my next steps and uh, what I wanted to do 
and I saw a flyer for the audiology program in the library. And um, so I borrowed some audiology textbooks to try and get an idea about whether it was for me or not. Saw all the formulas and all of the physics and all the diagrams, and I nearly ran a mile. <laughs> but, um, then after some time, um, I was on an exchange program at the time in Canada doing some Indigenous studies elective papers and I had a light bulb moment and I thought to myself no actually yeah I can do this and I wanted to challenge myself I knew that I wanted to work with people I like sciences and it's always rated really highly in terms of job satisfaction so I signed up and I was accepted. Awesome I guess what has been the most challenging thing for you during the audiology program? Uh, For me I think coming back to study so I did my undergraduate about or eight, nine years ago at Otago University. Um, so taking that big break from study and going and working not in a health field or not in what I studied, um, coming back as a mature student and having to, you know, reframe my thinking, that was probably the biggest challenge. Was me. that the, the same for you, James, or was that a bit different? Was it the, was it the physics? Was it the- <laughs> no, I, I think it was, uh, yeah, the, um, I think it was a big step up. Having done studies sort of back to back, so I did my undergrad, then I did a master's, it felt like a big step up to master's level. The first year was mm. quite intense in terms of like the workload um, mm. because the mm. a lot of the theoretical side is, front loaded and at the beginning of the degree and then the second part is all about the practical elements and learning and um, learning in clinic so that was probably time management was a big thing for me I guess just the the big step up from undergrad yeah yeah what sort of support did you get for that I think the staff were really very supportive. So you've got lot, you know, a really great team at UC. There's um, all the lecturers and the clinical educators are very approachable. Mm. Um, the lecturers have an open door policy, so you can walk in pretty much any time. And um, and a lot of the lecturers, they can just keep simplifying things, keep simplifying things, and and make it uh, change the way they deliver it so that it's tailored to the person. Props to University of Canterbury. Is, yeah. is that one of the reasons why you chose University of Canterbury audiology program? I think because I'd already done the health sciences degree at Canterbury, I knew it was a good uh, uni. And I'd spoke to some of the previous graduates and they'd all spoken very highly about the program. So having just finished the course and wanting to do a science, you know, further science or clinical degree, it was a really good fit for me anyway. Right. For our listeners out there, our tamariki, our rangatahi, who might be looking into becoming a health professional uh, or even an audiologist, what sort of message would you give to them? You know, what benefits would there be for them in audiology? I'd say do it. It's, I mean, it's hard, mm-hmm. not going to lie, and it all seems so daunting, but it's, it's so worth it. A big plus for me is that, like, with our ageing population, audiologists are always going to be in high demand, which is really nice going into that, that further postgraduate study um, that you're, you know you're going to come out and there's going to be jobs available, whether it's public or private work, whatever you want, they're going to be there. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. I think with... Um, it's awesome that you, you're offered a job pretty much in your first year before you've even qualified. <laughs> There's not many degrees like that. And it's a, like the perfect blend of arts and sciences. So for the sciencey people out there, it's great because you get to play with computers and cool technology all day. And for the, <laughs> I guess, the non-nerds, it's that you get to meet lots of great people and it's, uh, you get to make a difference to people's lives. 
Yeah, it's a really good mix of both, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the people side of things is definitely, um, it's really what's appealing to me. And I think, like, as Māori, we need more Māori whānau in this field. Like, it's it's just ear and hearing issues are just one of those things that disproportionately affect our Māori whānau and have more people feel comfortable accessing those services if we can increase that Māori health workforce capacity. That would be great. So it's definitely a career that, that has a lot of opportunity. Yeah, the low numbers of Māori and Pacific within the hearing healthcare workforce is definitely a barrier to access to hearing healthcare for Māori and Pacifica whānau. We'll follow that up as we go into the next part of uh, <laughs> our podcast. Uh, we're going to step into your Masters of Audiology projects now. Could you tell us more about your projects? We'll start off with your project first, James, and then we'll move on to Taria's project. Okay, sure. Well, my project started off as a continuation of the work of um, professors Greg O'Byrne and Jeanette King, who actually had led the development of a hearing screening tool in Te Reo Māori. And my job was supposed to be to validate that tool to make sure that it was accurate and that it did what it was supposed to do. But um, it was carried out during the COVID lockdowns. And so I had to adapt and change halfway through the through the project. So the for me, the project became far more about how I could incorporate Maturanga Māori, sort of Māori knowledge, and um, Tikanga Māori, Māori cultural values into audiology research and practice. And um, I was inspired by both your work, Ali, um, uh, and also Professor Angus McFarlane, uh, Te Awa Firia, the Braided Rivers model, which combines the best of Indigenous knowledge and Western knowledge. Amazing. Yeah, I commend you with your your research project. It's quite a big project and you had to do it during COVID as well. Yeah, I had to um, really... so. <laughs> When I was planning the project, I had loads of advice. So like from yourself, you're, you're really a, a great help to me and an inspiration for my own work. Um, I had some really inspiring lecturers from my Māori health degree. Um, and so a lot of the staff helped just while I was sort of coming up with some ideas. And then during the project, I had um, two really great um, supervisors, Greg O'Byrne and Jen Smith. Um, and yeah, they were very supportive throughout. It was an emotional roller coaster. There's been some real ups and downs during that journey. I mean, I think the uncertainty of the COVID lockdowns kind of um, can create. A, you know, if you if you let it, it could create a lot of anxiety. But I think you've got to you've got to exercise. You've got to take care of yourself. Got to sleep well, eat well while you're studying, because it can become all consuming with the with any study mm -hmm. so if you look after yourself um it will help you in the long run right and Tade, how how did you feel during the covid lockdowns and you were doing your first year um, yeah it was really good i think the way that uc approached it um it was really orientated to like supporting students and everything moved online so seamlessly Mm -hmm. um, even with the clinical stuff where, you know, you couldn't be in clinic seeing people face to face. They made every effort to keep in touch with us and keep us, you know, trying to run those tutorials online as hard as some mm -hmm. of them were. Um, it just kept that connectedness with all our peers. And my peer group is very close. We're um, 
we're a really tight knit peer group, which I think is just naturally from, you know, being in that pressure chamber, that pressure cooker environment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, we all stayed in touch and, and the university kind of encouraged all of that. And I was really impressed with how it was all handled. Oh, well, that's awesome. Tare, yeah, tell us more about your project. Um, so my project is a bit of an evolution of James's. So I am looking at interviewing some of the participants who took part in James's uh, study and they undertook that Te Reo Māori hearing screening. Um, and it's all about kind of bringing their realities forward um, around both how they felt about completing that assessment, but also um, any kind of hearing healthcare services they have accessed in their life or through their whānau as well. Um, and kind of what they want to see moving forward. So it's a real kind of ground up Kopapa Māori approach where we're talking to the community first and foremost and working with them in partnership to try and figure out what the best way to go forward is and how we create future projects from this. Has that been, uh, as a Māori, has that been quite easy for you? Has it been quite challenging for you? Uh, <laughs> it's probably been the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. Um, right. So my journey with the research is so intertwined with this personal journey that I'm on about exploring my whakapapa and stepping into Te Ao Māori. And it's like, it's hard mahi, but it's definitely something that every day I wake up so passionate about and I'm more and more passionate every day. So it's also my first experience doing research and I'm really so fortunate to have so many people around to to totoko and support me. Um, as James mentioned yourself, Ale, such a big supporter. And honestly, I don't think I would still be doing this project without your advice and your support. Um, And then I've got the same supervisors down here at UC. So I've got Greg and Jen as well. And just really passionate, really fortunate to be surrounded by passionate humans um, who are always really willing to share their time and share their knowledge. Um, And yeah, that's real been a lifesaver. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, why is your particular rangahau, your research, important for you? Um, you say that you wake up very passionate in the morning wanting to do your research. Why is that particular research important for you? Like, again, going back to those disparities that we see in the data around, like, hard of hearing Māori are so over-represented when we compare them to non-Māori. Um, so we need to kind of have more services available. We need to be more open to integrating Te Ao Māori into our practice as audiologists, whether it be through screening tools like what James looked into in his research or whether it's acknowledging motikanga or weaving it into our practice. The real bottom line of it and the crux of it is that we just need to make our systems within hearing healthcare more responsive for Māori so we can start reducing some of those inequities. And I really think it's important that we gather that qualitative data from people who partnered, who were research partners with James and who participated in his study so that we really are going with a community up approach and using Kopapa Māori principles. Right, right. Was this the sort of stuff that you heard from your participants as well, James? Well, I was really inspired um, while working on the project. I felt so welcome, particularly when I went to visit Marai to carry out hearing screenings. Some of the participants were, went above and beyond for me. They above and beyond just having their hearing tested. They, their passion and drive to give back to their community, and, and several of them became champions for the study, helping me to recruit more people, spreading the word, and really going out of their way to help. So um, that just, you know, blew my mind how much support I received from the community. It was awesome. 
great. I think that's the great thing about these sort of projects is that whole snowball effect from yeah. building those relationships, building mm. that trust with your research partners. James, you've written up your thesis. Can you tell me more about the data that you've got? Yeah, sure. Well, due to the disruption of COVID, we weren't able to achieve the goals that we had originally set out. So we wanted to collect enough data to prove that the Tadeo Māori hearing, sco- hearing screening tool was as effective as what we're using currently, the gold standard of pure tone audiometry. Um, to do that, we had to collect a number of um, data to be able to prove that. But so we didn't, we weren't able to get all of the data, but what we did get, um, the pilot data suggests that it's likely to be as effective as the current gold standard. Um, and then and Tali's projects will evaluate the approach that I've suggested. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what the participants had to say about it, both the good and the bad. It's really nice to have your projects side by side. You're going in first, James, and then the researcher, research partners being able to be followed along with mm-hmm. Tari as well um, and them having that relationship with both of you. Tari will speak very highly of James. Just oh, wow. <laughs> That's the beauty of the um, the braided rivers approach as well as the Kapamari mm. approach is understanding mm-hmm. uh, the community and who you're working with and understanding ways that you can, you know, fuck off a Nona tanga and still connect with them afterwards as well. So that's, I feel very privileged to come in after James, um, you know, he set such great foundations um, in that for Nona tanga and building those relationships. And it's made my job a lot easier. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I guess from your own perspectives, do you think we need to have specific projects like this with each iwi? Uh, I mean, just learning about te reo Māori and the different meta and the dialects that we, we have across the country. Are these specific projects, should they be, you know, iwi specific? Uh, for me, I I wouldn't be able to answer that. I feel it would be, as a, as a Pākehā, it should be... Māori led. So if if iwi would want to do that, would want to pursue that, then it should be led by iwi and it would be right. something that we would follow and be advised by them from my point of view. I don't know what Tado thinks. Yeah, similar um similar kind of thought processes. If that's what comes out of talking to these these participants and that's what they think is needed, then yeah, I think it is it, it's got to be guided by them first and foremost. It's not on us to come in and say, yeah, let's do this and, you know, Mm -hmm. different dialects. Yeah. I guess what sort of fears have you had (laughs) going into your projects at starting from the get-go, not really understanding what Kopapa Māori research, I was was in the deep end and not knowing what Kopapa Māori research was. Even as being a a non-Māori James, there might have been some fears for you going into a te reo Māori speech assessment. What sort of fears have you had going into it and how have you kind of overcome uh, them or how have you been supported? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was something I'd really questioned myself should I be involved in this at all as a as a Pākehā? How do I do this? You know, I'm very passionate, but in itself, that's not enough. It's how do I do that without taking up space for Māori? I mean, would it be more appropriate if a Māori student had done this work? And that was something that I really wanted to um, get an understanding of before we agreed. And I spoke to 
um, Professor Angus McFarlane in the first place and asked him the same question. And that was when he shared with me his Braided Rivers work. And it was like, a lot, you know, gave me a bit of a roadmap to how I could navigate the complexities of this project, how I could um, contribute in a meaningful way without essentially acting like a white saviour or um, taking up space for Māori. Great. Thanks, James. My own personal journey was when I first jumped on board, I was absolutely riddled with fear and this feeling of whakamā or shame or embarrassment that I just wasn't Māori enough to be on this project or be going down this route. And it was just that kind of imposter syndrome that feels so paralysing. You know, you just don't know which way to go or what to do. Um I, I think I was there. Yeah, you, you some got of those emails from me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I just like, I was so lucky to have you and to have, you know, Jen and um, Katrina McGar here at the University of Canterbury. She's been a huge support. Um, just taking, you know, for me, it was just realizing that once you start taking those small steps, it's not so scary. Everyone's there to help. Um, it's okay to ask for help. And learning that vulnerability isn't necessarily really a bad thing you know it's good to be vulnerable especially in Tao Māori it's good to, you know to be humble and present yourself as I'm not an expert mm-hmm. mm. well I feel like that's already words of wisdom from both <laughs> of you going into research with communities that are by and for communities uh, have you received any words of wisdom from your research partners I got one the other day that was talking about Everything we need to do needs to be mana enhancing. And it's really stuck with me. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and all about how we move forward with this research, every everything we think about and every step just has to be about enhancing the mana of our people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's my words of wisdom. Tinoa Tahua. Yeah, I think it's really important to start these conversations about how can we practice audiology in a culturally safe way. Um, for me, as a, um, a UK um, immigrant coming from the UK and trying to find my place in Aotearoa as a tangata tiriti, um, there's the temptation to do nothing. And I really want to encourage others um, to um Acknowledge your own attitudes and biases and as a health professional, when we're mm-hmm. trained according to these sort of European traditions, um, that there is, there's, uh, there's room for, for both Indigenous knowledge and Western science in the same space with mm-hmm. so the same sort of like parity of esteem, the same value to both. I'm like snapping my fingers. (laughs) This is such a great conversation. I guess I had some of those fears going into my research and uh, a lot of the words of wisdom I got from Komatua, it was just nice to have a conversation with them one-to-one, even if it wasn't about the project itself. It was just nice to hear about their life stories and Mm, how they go about the day. That's what I've really loved about this sort of research. Also to sort of step out of your own square sometimes as well and try new things. I mean, one of the great experiences I had was I went to see a a rongoa Māori practitioner to understand some of the traditional ways that um, Māori might have understood and perhaps dealt with hearing loss. And I had the the, um, tohonga, the specialist, was 
so welcoming and so accepting and he, he talked me through the process and demonstrated a traditional how he would approach it as a as a Maori healer so rather than thinking through an audiology lens I was able to think about it from another point of view so I'd encourage health practitioners to to look beyond their own practice as well right it's really interesting to hear about indigenous ways of knowing and doing and being and things that have been lost over the years it's just really nice to get the opportunity to hear about them and I get really excited and you might too when we hear about stories Purako, Mātauranga Māori. Mātauranga Māori is not new, it's just been secured tightly within whānau, within hapu or Māori have rarely been provided the space to share their voices or stories and knowledge has been lost through assimilation and colonization. Yeah, so I think it's really great that you've been entrusted by your research partners and the communities that you've worked with to learn about their lived experiences and their stories. Uh, a second to last pātai, for those who would like to get in contact with you about your mahi and your rangahau, someone may be quite interested in getting in contact with you. How can they get in contact with you? Uh, for me, they can send me an email. Um, so tare.lo, so T-A-R-E dot L-O-W-E at pg.kenterbury.ac.nz. Awesome. You, James? And the same for me. Um, I've still got my uni email, so um, <laughs> until they, they take it from me, <laughs> <laughs> which is james.dawson at uclive.ac.nz. I hope you've got that. Listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with them, send them an email. They're beautiful people and they'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, as you both know, Matariki is here and it's a time for whānau, for remembering those who have passed on, reflecting on the year that has been, and it's been quite a big one, uh, <laughs> a time to prep for the year ahead and to think about our associated hopes and dreams. So my last part I would be, in knowing what you have learnt over the last year, what are your hopes, dreams and aspirations for the next five years? Ooh. A nice partai. A nice partai. <laughs> but a very um, large partai. <laughs> Specifically for this, I'm really hoping like it's this big dream of mine that this research can turn into tangible gains within our services so we can actually see some some better results for our Māori whānau. Yeah, I'd just like to echo that. I'd like to see some real progress and some you know tangible steps forward um we talk feels like we talk about these things a lot in health circles and there seems to be a bit of sort of confusion about the ways forward but the answers are already out there we just need to listen and um yeah. i really um looking forward to the future in this space oh that's beautiful you too i just want to you know have a little honey <laughs> Um, no, thank you so much. And I look forward to these next five years with you both um, and learning what's going to happen. And um, fingers crossed we get more equitable hearing and air health outcomes through this. Are there any last words from you? No, I can't oh, think of any. Um, I just <laughs> wish, um, wish Tari all the best uh, with her project. Uh -huh and I really look forward to hearing how she gets on. My final words would be thank you, Alice, for being such a, such a help and such, such a, um, I guess, a mentor through this whole process. None of this would be happening without you. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I need you too. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yeah, we need people in all these different spaces and just people to support each other within this as well. So it's been a pleasure having you both in this podcast, Korua. I really hope that your dreams and aspirations do come true. Ngā mihi nui kia korua. Thank you for your time this evening. And while we're here, I just want to say a quick shout out to our Te Reo Māori speech assessment team who has helped us over the year, as well as to your supervisors, Jen and Greg, for providing a safe and supportive environment for Tare and James. All the best in completing your Master of Audiology and C's, Korua. Those are great feats and I'm very, very proud of you both. I wish you all the best for your rangahau and your journey in audiology and hopefully, fingers crossed, research in the near future. Ngā mihi nui a tare, a James. I will leave you and our audience with a whakatauki, one that aligns with Matariki. Kia whakatoa muri te haere whakamua. I walk backwards into the future with my eyes fixed on my past. Thank you for listening. Join us at another time for a Whakarongo Mai podcast, a series where we share Aotearoa's latest Māori hearing and balance research. Mā te wā.